2: The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Welcome to the Ringer's Philly Special. Shield Kapadia joined by Ben Solak, Ace Producer, Cliff Augustine. I think this is the shortest amount of time I've ever had from one podcast to the next podcast because we just finished recording Extra Point Taken on the Ringer NFL feed. Make sure you listen to that. We get into a bunch of league-wide stuff. And now, what was that, Ben? Like a a 90-second break where you're looking up Kyler Murray's contract and now we're back potting again?
0: I feel like I should always... Whenever we do this back-to-back, I feel, like, I feel like I always need to have a different voice for the second pod, like, mm-hmm. as if like it'll help differentiate it and not that it'll be cut and edited and put on two separate feeds. But no, it's just us just talking about the same stuff we were talking about, only different.
2: Should we have changed sweatshirts? You know, like a, like a game show host who's who's recording right. like 10 shows in one day, he's got to change the suit, right?
0: To show that time has passed. Yes, that's what we'll do in the uh-huh. future, even though it's a completely auditory yeah. That's, what, that's why I said I feel like we need to change voices. Okay. It's like the game show host changing suits to show that we've entered a different uh-huh. time.
2: I kind of like this. Like today, I've got two podcasts, and then I have to write something for The Ringer. Like I'm just, all Monday, I'm just knocking out like basically all all content for the next uh, three days. So there we go. All right. We've got Eagles news to get to. A lot has happened since we last spoke on this feed, most notably Chauncey Gardner. Johnson no longer an option for the Philadelphia Eagles he signs with the Detroit Lions a one-year deal up to eight million dollars with six and a half guaranteed Ben I talk about a projection I was wrong on I was saying well you know if things don't work out for Chauncey Gardner Johnson he'll probably have to sign the Justin Reed deal from last year three years 31 and a half million dollars well he didn't come close to that and so now he goes to Detroit on a one-year deal uh, reporting from Jeff McLean and others that the Eagles offered a long-term deal at the start of free agency Gardner Johnson did not like the details of the long-term deal Eagles move on to James Bradbury and Darius Slay and then Gardner Johnson ends up signing a one-year deal with the Lions Uh, your reaction when you saw this news last night or your analysis now, I guess.
0: <laughs> well, here's where we're at. March 19th, which was Sunday, the day that he signed. It like it, the news broke, like in the evening, right? It broke late, and at 11:30, Universal Sports Management, which is Charles Garner Johnson's agency, tweeted: "Perception versus reality. Da da da. One year real versus three year fake. Da da da." Which sounds better to you? And with a pawn emoji. Interesting. Okay. One year deal equals 8 million. Three year deal, 24 million max, with 17 million year three. Which one are you taking? Mike drop. So, once we reach the agency tweeting angrily about reports from Eagles reporters saying that the Eagles offered Chauncey Johnson more than he ended up getting, and then he wanted to get more, so he went to the open market, and so they signed James Bradbury and Darius Slay, and then they tried to come back to him, but they didn't have the money anymore, so he had to a one year deal with the Lions. Once we reach that stage, you know that a market was misread very badly. Right, I mean, like, I am very surprised that we got to the point where Chauncey's only making eight million in in one season. I would guess that, like, you know, basically they got to the point with Chauncey Garner Johnson and his team where they said we're going to go to Aaron Glenn, who knows how to use you really well. You're going to play We're going to play for a one year deal, and then we're going to try to hit this free agency market again, and we're going to, you know, try to go for that that bigger contract, that heavier contract, that larger guarantees. He had six picks this year, and so I don't know what bar we're trying to clear. I don't know. How we, is his value
2: going to be higher a year how from are now? We yeah. Go I mean, up. he played yeah. for a Super Bowl team and had six interceptions on a defense that statistically was a top five defense. So I'm yeah, I'm yes. with you there. Like
0: it's, I don't, I don't know how it goes up. You also get a year older, You risk injury. Yeah. Um, I just don't like it's that, that's a really tough needle to thread. I'll put it to you that way in terms of, of getting, I think the, the value add that you want it to get. Uh, and then the Eagles, side of things. I feel like we did a pretty good job talking about this. we were like early on. We were like, I think their priority is Chauncey. And then once they moved on and they signed James Bradbury, it was kind of like, all right, well, it seems like they've moved on from Chauncey Garner Johnson. Jesse Bates has signed his deal. Chauncey's probably looking to get close to that. He's not going to get up to that, but he's probably trying to use that as a market setter. And then Jordan Poyer comes in super cheap and Vaughn Bell came in cheaper than expected earlier in, in, in the safety period. And it's like, all right, he's got this really big chasm, right? Jesse Bates making 16 million per Jordan Poyer's making like six, million per he's got a, he's got a 10 million dollar range he's trying to land and this is this is uh it's very difficult to figure out where he's going to be and meanwhile the eagles are like signing fletcher cox back to a one-year deal and it's like all right the eagles are spending their money like we, we yes, every is. pod we hopped on we were like i don't know if they can get chauncey done at this point like i think they're gonna keep talking to him but i'm not sure you can and it seems like there was a little bit of a, a burned bridge there where, where chauncey probably felt like he was low-balled you know, back in in early March when the Eagles are making their initial offers and he didn't want to come crawling back to the Eagles and saying, all right, now I'll take 80% of that deal because I was, I was wrong reading the market. So he's out of Philadelphia, which is his prerogative. I don't mind that at all. He's got an opportunity for a lot of starting time in, in, in Detroit, a lot of playing time on an ascending defense, on a secondary that's improving. Like he can be a veteran leader to a lot of those guys too. Like it's, it, it's not a bad setup for Chauncey. I don't think he ended in like a totally terrible spot, but I, it very much seems like uh, the Chauncey uh, Gardner-Johnson and, and his team's reticence to meet the Eagles number early on before I ever hit free agency was a misstep on their part. Chauncey could have been making more money playing on, on the same team he played on last year. A lot of guys with whom he was really successful, new defensive coordinator, but similar system, a system that requires a lot of other safeties. There was a misstep by Chauncey and the Eagles. I think we're right to say, okay, we can't spend two weeks trying to get close with this guy on this. And we risk losing James Bradbury. We risk losing Fletcher Cox. We got to make these deals done. Uh, and, and they spent their money on, on Bradbury and on Slay, who they could have lost, and on Fletch and but, let Johnson go. And safety right now, like, don't look at the Eagles' depth chart at safety. It's very harrowing, <laughs> but there's there's solutions there. So it should be okay.
2: Yeah, the back channel stuff is very interesting to me with this. You mentioned the agent's tweet. Like, it didn't really make sense. The contract he, like, you know, the terms he tweeted out, that's not, I mean, I haven't seen an NFL contract <laughs> like that. So I, I agree with you. I, I think Cliff was tweeting that. I saw, Cliff, tweeting uh, that uh, that Chauncey needs to fire his agent and get a new one. I will, uh, I, I, right, Cliff? You, I, I saw a tweet from you going after his agent a little bit, right? I mean, that's that's malpractice.
1: Why would you put that information out there like that? Who does?
2: What, it I doesn't mean, even man. seem accurate. Yeah,
1: right. Like,
0: Agents I, tweeting is is bad stuff. It's a bad yeah. idea. You can't, like, you can't be tweeting as an and agent.
1: On, on top of that, like, imagine if you're, you know, if they have another free agent who potentially could go to other teams, and they see that, they're like, well, wait, this guy's just putting all their information out on Front Street. Why would you ever do business with a person like that?
2: Yeah, it, it's uh it's definitely strange and you know we always have like right now the big topic of conversation is how much is Lamar Jackson costing himself by not having an agent and that's like a a relevant conversation to have. But how about when a player like the agent, you know, very clearly does not do a good job with the player he represents. I mean, this is like worse beyond worst case scenario, of what anyone would have thought for Chauncey. I don't remember a single person thinking Chauncey Gardner Johnson's gonna have right. to settle. The Eagles were w- talking
0: about tagging him. That's like well, one maybe. year. Maybe. I don't know if yeah, right. that might
2: have been a wrong report or a wrong aggregation Which, or something. Okay, but,
0: but even if, even if something. That didn't seem time, crazy.
2: Yeah, that right. didn't seem if crazy. At,
0: if at any time anybody in a meeting room. Said, okay, so we're looking at these numbers. Should we just talk about like, do we want to use our tag on on Gardner Johnson? That's a one-year deal, fully guaranteed. That would have been worth fourteen point four million dollars. That's yeah. almost double. It's yeah. it's almost double his max value. It is double what he's guaranteed to get off this deal. It's an enormous
1: difference.
2: Yeah, it's this Orlando Brown, by the way, is the other one. I mean, I thought he was going to make twenty-three. We just talked about our extra point taken. Uh, I thought like worst case scenario, he's making like Jawan Taylor is making twenty million a year. I thought all right. Right. that might be poorly. he's making 16 million a year but we don't talk about well he had an agent and uh okay that did not work like if Orlando Brown or Chauncey Gardner Johnson did these negotiations without an agent all we'd be talking about is how they screwed themselves by not having an agent yeah. so it's just you know uh, i understand uh, the conversation but uh, worth pointing out so mm-hmm. i'm very interested in sort of the like the details of what the eagles process in this came out Pretty quickly, from a number of sources, like Jeff McClain had it, Ruben Frank had it, yeah. John Clark had it, and so I'm not. We're not going to sit here and you know guess. Hey, where where did this come from? Just in my like experience as a beat writer, sometimes in these situations, you'll check in with the team, and they'll kind of want their side represented because otherwise, what's the instant reaction from Eagles fans? What? You didn't bring back Chauncey Gardner-Johnson one year, six and a half million up to eight? How could you not do that? So they kind of want their side out there and specifically, if it's something that got contentious with an agent, which it looks like this that might have happened here, uh, they want their side of the story out there. So I thought that was pretty interesting uh, as well. So I don't think it's as simple as, hey, the Eagles should have just done this deal because the Eagles could have afforded this deal. I mean, this is a, a very easy deal to do. You can spread out the void years if you want and spread out the cap hit. Like the cap is not an issue with a deal like this i think it's more kind of what you were pointing to probably chauncey gardner johnson saying i'll do this deal with the lions it's a new team i'm not doing it with the team who i feel like lowballed me i mean it's very similar honestly to what happened in august where he's he's going at the saints and he's, he's this huge issue and then they trade him and then he's you know by most accounts a good you know Uh, a good player. And he gives the Eagles uh, no major issues there. And, but uh, now it's different when it's a new team than when it's the team who you thought was going to give you more and saw what you played through last year and all those things. So I don't know that this deal would have even been on the table for the Eagles, or it could have been the Eagles saying, you know what, we could do this deal, but he's not going to be happy next year. And it's going to be more trouble than it's worth. So though it's kind of a, it is an interesting case. We'll see what uh, Howie Roseman says at owner's meetings next week uh about it now at the end of the day if you're listening to this and going i don't care about any of that like you just let a 25 year old solid starter at a position of need walk in free agency and you've got no one to replace him guess what that's Ballad. a valid uh, that's a valid argument <laughs> <It's> real valid <laughs> yeah you're wrong brother <laughs> <laughs> and a valid opinion to have as ben said read play if you play a game tomorrow read blankenship and Cavon wallace are your starting safety so so uh, optimal We'll see what else they do. The guys out there still, Taylor Rapp, uh, all guys we've talked about before, Taylor Rapp, Adrian Amos, John Johnson. The fourth one we haven't talked about, Jalen Mills, Ben. I I don't actually know your Jalen Mills uh, feelings from your days talking about the Eagles every day. How would you feel about Jalen Mills coming back?
0: Jalen Mills is an acceptable player who should never have been put in a position to be corner one at any time. And a lot of my single high safety scheme, a lot of my Jim Schwartz frustrations back in the day were the results of the cornerback usage. Uh, I wouldn't mind Mills returning at all. I think if Mills returns, I would characterize that as a sign that they're going to look into like maybe some more Maddox at safety stuff, right? Because I think that Mills gives you safety nickel versatility. And you're always maximized in having one player who's versatile if you have a second player who's also versatile in that regard, right? And so like you let Mills and Maddox rotate around and they, they change coverages and sometimes they come off the roof and sometimes they're playing over the slot and like that's all very, very nice and neat. I wouldn't mind Mills at all. Uh, if I had to guess, I'm guessing... Adrian Amos makes some sense, right? A- Amos was originally on the Bears uh, 2015 to 2018. Oh, well, that was when Desai... Another,
2: oh, good point. But that's another yeah. 30-year-old, I'll just add. But go yeah. ahead. You're right about right. Desai.
0: Yeah, so he was on the Bears 2015 to 2018. Desai was on the staff that entire time. He actually didn't start coaching safeties until right after Amos left. But presumably, he was working a lot with the safeties because that was the job he got. Uh, I, think, I think... Well, the reason why I bring up a 30-year-old is because I think that they are... Absolutely, a hundred percent going to have to do a veteran stopgap, right? You can't get two new starters in one free agency swing. Like even if you want to give John Johnson like a semi decent deal and then si- draft the guy in the round one, even then I think you you want something you can set your watch to, and I think you can set your watch to Amos, who like Amos's legs are definitely going, but I don't think he was bad for the Packers. I think he's just on, on the downtrend of his career, so I, I don't mind Amos too much. Eric Rowe is another interesting name uh, out of Miami. Who like he's a little bit mm. of like a tight end eraser. You know what I'm saying? And I, he's not a super traditional safety, so I don't know if he fits exactly for them. But he's also like a 30 year old veteran guy. Obviously, Philly, Philly Full knows Regal. him. Yeah. Yep. Um, him for you. I don't know if he'd want to even be back in Philadelphia to be honest. Rodney <laughs> McLeod, right? He's, he's going to be 33. Oof. Yeah. Again, like talk like, legs are going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think Amos is a better option than Rodney. Uh, so, but there's there's plenty of guys who are around. Like you know, thirty, maybe a little bit late thirties or early thirties, excuse me. Um, and I think you can plug and chug for a year, and that makes sense. And then John Johnson makes sense on like whatever two years, ten million with escalators. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe he 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 holds the starting job down for a little bit, um, but I think you're gonna see one of these older names, one of these older guys come in and and hang around for a little bit. Dion Bush, right? He was in the Bears with with uh, with with Desai. You're gonna see one of these names come in and 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 at least stop the bleeding. And then they're going to start looking at draft options and 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 how much they like read Blank and shit. But safety's in a, in dire straits.
2: Yeah, and I actually like normally when the when the team talks up the young player, I'm like, give me a break, you know. Uh, Reed black and chip blanket chip we saw play and I thought he looked fine like a competent I mean we've seen safeties on this team just kill your defense before and he was not killing your defense so uh, there were some encouraging signs there if he's in the mix I don't think that's the uh, you know that that's a terrible idea Taylor Rapp would be if you're looking for a young ascending player whose best football might be ahead of him in the right situation that would be Taylor Rapp uh, Adrian Amos you mentioned I think he's showing real decl- real signs of being a declining player but like you said you got to get somebody you're gonna sign some veterans yep. so if it's say one year just come in here we need you for one year to get five
0: yeah amos is around to start and to, to teach reed some stuff and then hopefully by week nine reed's taking his job like i don't know if amos has much better options than that right now
2: yeah. John Johnson would make a lot of sense. We'll see what kind of market there is for him. But again, he's 27. Uh, I said to have like great leadership qualities, great teammate, has been durable, has played in two high schemes mm-hmm. uh, before, played for Brandon Staley uh, when he was the defensive coordinator of the Rams. I think that was his best year. So he would make a yeah. lot of sense. We'll see what kind of competition there is for him. And honestly, as we were talking out the Jalen Millsick like he could definitely, he would definitely be a useful player for them. Whether it's like fine. you said, yeah. safety, corner depth, like he's somebody who can fill a couple roles, who you know is going to play hard uh, and be competitive. Um, who's been in the locker room before? Yes, you're raising your hand.
0: Can I toss a name at you? Okay. So about this time last year, is this a, report- a trade? Yeah. Okay. About this time last year, reports. Uh, that The Titans and AJ Brown are far apart on a contract extension. They can't get home, and we know the end of the story. Yeah, to 2022 NFL Draft, first round. The Eagles have traded the first round pick for AJ Brown. He wanted 22 million. They were only giving him 20 million, whatever it was. I don't remember. Great trade, awesome trade, 10 out of 10 trade. Well, well, well. If it isn't our old friends, the Tennessee Titans, who have been trying to work with Kevin Byard, starting safety. All pro safety on a pay cut. But the Pro Bowl safety, this is from Adam Schefter, does not believe his play warrants a decrease in salary. Bayard wanted to play for one organization and ultimately retired as a Titan. But the two sides are at a crossroad per sources. And it ain't John Robinson anymore. It ain't the guy you fleeced and you burned him. It's Ron Carthin now. It's a new GM. Same area code, though. Same office phone. Call up that number. Yeah, Ron. The big fire sale in Tennessee right now. Moving on from a lot of guys. And De Taylor Wanns out the building, Bud Dupree's out the building, Robert Woods out the building. And you're reloading. You need to offload that big safety contract. I tell you, we got we got a X Titan. He loves it here in Philly. We have a good time. You can send over Kevin Byard. Get yourself a good safety.
2: I'll be honest. I was bringing up Kevin Byard's uh, Pro Football Reference page, and like an auto ad just started playing. So it was a very weird experience. You were talking, but there was some soothing voice for some commercial for <laughs> my, I don't even know what the I wasn't was. using my
0: soothing voice. I was using my annoying voice. I was up here. I was, <laughs> I was nasally.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that, was a, that, that was a very uh, unsettling experience. All right, so you mentioned Kevin Byard. Now, Kevin Byard is... How old is Kevin Byard? He's 30 years old.
0: Kevin Byard's 30. He's turned 30 I, in August. I would say you'd, you're not seeing any athletic signs of decline from Byard just yet. Contract structure-wise... Uh, he's got uh, $13 per year base salary over the next two years. That's about what you'd be paying him. There's little bonuses flipping around from restructures and everything. that The Titans are going to pick all that up because it's all guaranteed. So you'd be getting him under market, right? You're getting Kevin Bayard, who's like the A++ version of Marcus Williams for less money than Marcus Williams is getting in terms of like a deep safety. He's a true center fielder. He's a true... Plug and chug back there. He's going to make plays for you. 20 yards about behind the line of scrimmage. He's an excellent player. He's not a perfect scheme fit, but like, yeah, if the Titans are selling buyer I'm buying. And if the Eagles rob the Titans blind two seasons in a row, I'll lose my mind.
2: And as Cliff points out, born in Philadelphia, spent the first 13 yes! years of I his life that. in Philadelphia before his, according to Wikipedia, Wait, Cliff, parents Cliff, divorced Cliff and Cliff. he moved to Georgia.
0: Cliff, how how do you know he didn't even play high school ball in Philly? How do you know he's from Philly off the dome,
1: bro? I really be on like Wikipedia pages, like reading people's <laughs> history. And, like I'm telling you, yeah, I have I have so many like useless sports facts and like where players are from, like just by looking to like researching like where dudes are from, uh, you know what high school they went to, who they coach, like just random stuff like that. I, like, just, I really be looking into yeah. it.
0: I remember Bayard at Middle Tennessee State and like doing the draft process with him. Be like, oh, he's from Philly, but he didn't play high school ball in Philly, so I know yeah, you yeah. didn't know him because of like his high school. So the fact that you just start knowing that Kevin Byard as a teen, yeah, he played at Martin Luther yeah.
1: King High in uh, Lithonia, Lithonia, Georgia, so like right outside of Atlanta somewhere. So that's yeah. exactly
0: correct. Yeah, gosh, that's yeah, yeah, so, insane, But, dude. Kev- but Kevin, put, Kevin, put Kevin a dog. Safety.
1: Kevin Bayard's a dog. I would love to have him, uh, having back in Philly. Um, I hope. I mean, I hope we can work something out fleece and fleece the Titans again, right?
0: All right, let's check A.J. Brown's Twitter. Let's see if he's working on this. we got to get yeah. A.J. on it.
2: Yeah, I wonder. I mean, that is... Yeah, I wonder if they would be Actually, willing to... Actually, I pray to God A.J. isn't on this case because
1: um, a <laughs> like... Do you think
2: <laughs> the Oh, Titans. okay,
0: okay, no. okay, okay. Uh, somebody hit yo at, at A.J. Brown, are you recruiting Kevin Byron affiliate Lowell? And A.J. quote tweeted and said, I'm not, I play wide receiver and that's above my pay grade, which buddy come on, you're, you're, yeah, come on. You're that sounds like he yeah. hates kevin
2: byard that's yeah. a weird yeah, I mean. uh, yeah no maybe he's doing a and reverse then, thing maybe he's right. doing a reverse okay. thing
0: and then and then he said uh both them guys my partners too wishy-washy for me both of them. There's
1: only one guy in this thing. No, nah, I think he's talking about Chauncey in reference to both those guys. Oh,
0: uh, okay, that makes all right. Um, makes, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. He didn't want to okay. pick a side. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. he's sense. not
1: picking sides. So he's fine. Uh,
0: very yeah. political answer from AJ though. That okay. was that was a duck and a dodge. I don't buy that. I li-
1: I yeah. like it though because then it's like all right. If the Titans see that they see AJ Brown tweeting about another Titans player possibly going to Philly and then helping the Eagles, you know, go to another make another run. Like, don't you think they will feel another a type of way about that? Like, does another GM right. get fired if fired? Bayard- you know, we somehow play the Titans again and buy there's like two picks and like a, a force a strip sack fumble or something like that.
2: Take all the Titans players, yeah, yeah. That would be something. I don't know. I mean, thirty years old and you're paying him thirteen point. His base salaries right now are thirteen point six million for the next two years. So you have to get into a situation where, like you said, uh, are the Titans picking up some of that? If so, what are you giving up to land him? So a name to keep in mind: uh, twenty-seven interceptions, Ben, over the last. 18, 19 to five years, second in the NFL. So he is a playmaking safety, uh, a ball hawk type safety, like you mentioned back there. So, all right, we'll see what the Eagles do with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson out, what their move is at safety. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we got other moves to discuss. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! All right, we're back on the Ringer's Philly Special. I forgot to text you this one on the rundown, Ben, but let's get to it really quick. Isaac Sayamalu, to the Steelers. yeah. Three-year, $24 million deal. My prediction was much closer than it was with Gardner-Johnson. I had him at $8.75 million per year. The Alex Kappa deal, uh, I believe you thought for that number, you would have liked, say, Amalu to come back, and you would have liked the Eagles, to see the Eagles make a move there. Now, that was before we knew what they yeah, were spending right. money on with uh, other stuff, but... Um, do you still kind of agree with that? Would you, if you could have it all over again, would you say, hey, some of this money might have been better spent paying, say, Malu in that eight million dollar a year range? Or are you okay with what they did?
0: Uh, I still think Samalu is worth more than eight million per right. That's that's by average annual value, like twentieth among guards. And to me, like you know, that's that, that's, that's about where Samalu belongs. still think you, you could have given a little bit more. He's still what he's uh 29 right mm-hmm. yeah he's still under 30 yeah. uh he's been he's been healthy he's been effective on multiple sides he's just a handy player to have um i get why the eagles did it though right i mean after bradbury plus slay restructure which i don't really think we know just yet how the slay restructure is going to affect like, yeah i've got that on phase. here we got a little more yeah. information yeah, yeah so we can get to that in um, a minute and then obviously the fletcher cox returned to the eagles on a one year kelsey returns to the eagles on a one year graham returns to the eagles on a one year like you just, you just used up a lot, of, a lot of space this year. And you look at, say, Malo, and you go, okay, solid player. We can sign him for market value. But we've been really good at developing offensive linemen. We've drafted a lot of interior guys previously. We have Jeff Stoutland, the ultimate cheat code along the offensive line. This is probably a spot where we can cut a corner. And even though we would have been totally fine playing Isaac Salomal 24 over 3, we're going to let another team do it and wish them all the best on the other side of the state. So I don't mind it. I just think, yeah, this is a, I thought it was a very quality signing for the Steelers.
2: Yeah, I think it's. I think it's the right move by the Eagles. It's not an easy one, like you mentioned. He's been a good player. Uh, all there, all the teammates, the coaches in there talk about how smart he is, how cerebral he is, working with Jason Kelsey figuring out protections, figuring out adjustments on the fly. He hasn't been as healthy as we would think. He was very healthy last year, but has only played more than nine games twice in his seven-year career. Two season-ending injuries, yeah. Yeah, he was injured in 2020 and 2021. So there is a bit of an injury history. You're talking about paying for ages, what, 29, 30, and 31. You're talking about guard, a non-premium position. You have maybe somebody on the roster and Cam Juergens who you can, you know, maybe give a shot there. You have other options to fill that spot. You have a great position coach. And so uh, I'm actually on board with letting say Amalu. I will
0: say uh, one thing I I talked about how the Eagles like to have guard, uh, tackle-sized guards, right? And I was bringing up names, and somebody referenced the fact that Isaac Samalo isn't that much bigger uh, than the Cam Jurgens came up on Twitter about it. It's absolutely correct. If you look at the, the course of, ta- of guards that they've had, typically they like tackle-sized guys. Uh, Brandon Brooks, uh, uh, uh Jack Driscoll, right? They, they typically prefer to go that way. Landon Dickerson will play tackle before, but Samalo is an exception to prove the rule. One thing I didn't realize, though, when I was looking into that, Jurgens is, like, long he way longer than I thought. He's he's mm. under six three. He's three hundred pounds. He has thirty three three h in his arms. It's he's a long arms, dude for yeah. being for being for being short. Which at the the further away you get from center, the longer I'd like your arms to be. I didn't realize that, and that makes me feel a little bit more bullish about the idea of, of testing Jurgen's out of guard and seeing how it looks.
2: Yeah, I thought he was he was a good prospect. I was confused by the pick at the time a little bit because I was just like, I think Kelsey's going to keep playing. So do you really want to use uh, a pick here if he's a center-only prospect, which a lot of people thought he was? But I kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. If the, he, they think he has that guard versatility with the coaching, um, I think that could work out okay for them. Now, I do think they're going to need some guard depth, too, because Dickerson, I just don't know how many seasons you can kind of count on him being there for all 17 games. He had the injury history in college, but we'll see what they do uh, there. Basically, I kind of just give them the benefit of the doubt at guard and figure they might find someone even on day three who ends up being a starter in week one. All right. Backup quarterback Ben, Marcus Mariota, a one-year $5 million deal. With incentives up to eight million dollars, you called me out (laughs) during our previous show, where you were like, "Geez, you really don't like Marcus Mariota,
0: anti-Marcus."
2: I just, I don't enjoy watching, uh, Marcus Mariota play football. Having said that, I think this is a perfectly (laughs) fine use of resources for a backup quarterback. I thought he was going to be more expensive than $5 million. Uh, you know, you look at the backups in the NFL, he's probably in the top tier of the backup quarterbacks there. And so I have no issue with this move. If you're wondering why I don't particularly enjoy watching him play football, there are a lot of negative plays with Marcus Mariota last five years, Ben. Yeah. 54 quarterbacks have had 500 plus dropbacks. Three have taken sacks on at least 10% of those dropbacks. Justin Fields, who also makes some spectacular plays, Josh Rosen, and marcus mario rosen i was trying to figure out who the third that one was a was. tough one yeah yeah. I, yeah i'm like wait he took he had 500 dropbacks i yeah. forgot about that probably that rosen all, all in that rookie year yeah uh so there's that uh Mariota was one of five quarterbacks last year with an interception rate of three percent or higher um he does not make a lot of wow plays he fumbles The other thing I was thinking about, and I would be curious what you think about this, like we think about Mariota and the analysis is, oh, they've got someone they can use the quarterback-inclusive run game. I'm not like, yes, but also if you're at the point where Jalen Hurts is injured and Marcus Mariota with an injury history is your quarterback, like... I don't know how many times you really want Marcus Mariota running the ball in these games. So again, I'm okay with it. I'm not like, oh, howie season, home run, Marcus Mariota. I'm definitely, I'm definitely not in that boat for this signing. I think it's fine. Where do you land with this one?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I think it's good. I agree with you that if you're in a spot, spot where Jalen Hurts is hurt. And you're running Mariota a lot. You're worried about the injury history and 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 the shoulder problems and how he's going to have to take on that contact. I do think it is more beneficial than you're given allowance for in terms of having a quarterback who can play in a similar role and you don't have to change too much of the offense.
2: Yeah, that's true. You know,
0: yeah, obviously like Gardner Minshew hopped in and the Eagles dumped thirty on the Cowboys. You know what I'm saying? Like it's there's you know there's there's other ways to do it, but it is nice to be able to have continuity in terms of how the the the, the offenses play. I think that the Eagles acknowledge that. Quarterback rushing ability and especially quarterback rushing ability at size, right? Not small skinnies, but big guys. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Marcus Mario are both big dudes. Uh, that is a market that remains undertapped. It is a competitive edge that remains underappreciated uh, so far in the league. And now they got two of those guys. So I think that's good. I do think, yeah, quarterback three is a little bit important because let's say Hurts is out for like four to six weeks. You'd love to really believe Marcus is going to stay healthy for those four to six weeks. A little worried about that
2: one. Yeah, season-ending uh, so, knee injury. Season yeah. knee injury right? He's gonna be
0: taking a lot of hits. um But all together, like extremely likable dude. I think like, you know, set well for the backup role. Has a lot of experience, as playoff experience. So you feel good about okay. If we have to play for four games, we can go two for two with this guy. Uh, and that's kind of what you want with your backup. Let's try to stay five hundred. Let's not lose ground. uh I, I feel okay about that. So he's one of the better backups in the league. There's to me, there's no question about that. And the contract's not that big. So. QB2, baby. Eagles, that's what they care about. You know what the Marcus Mariota signing did remind me of? Because uh, I was I hadn't get to really like get into the business here uh, uh, at this time. Yeah. I didn't, I totally forgot how hard Chip Kelly was trying to trade up. Oh my for, gosh, it
2: was a wild Marcus story. Dude, it was it yeah, so, the entire offseason. That's all the conversation yeah. was about.
0: So Bleeding Green did a little like uh, Marcus Mariota multiverse thing. It was Dave Mangles. Uh, and he's putting in some of the, the old tweets from rap. I didn't realize. What package are the Eagles talking about to go to number one, number two? This is word for word from Raps tweet: two first rounders, a third rounder, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Boykin. There's a name, Michael Kendricks, and more. The Eagles have offered Sam Bradford, another name, as part of their trade package. The Eagles are doing all this, and they just stayed at twenty, drafting Nelson Aguilar, and then a year later, it's it's uh, it's it's Carson Wentz. But holy smokes, man! What a uh, yeah. what a weird timeline.
2: Yeah, that was uh that that was a fun off season with all those rumors floating around. Were you, say,
0: were you very pro Mariota to the Eagles? You thought it was a good move?
2: I don't think I was like home run, but I was like, yeah, like if you're gonna run this offense and you don't uh, I was basically anyone but Sam Brad I did not want to watch I did not enjoy watching Sam Bradford play football. So I was basically like, Yeah, swing for the fences, you have Chip Kelly. Uh see what happens. Uh, I think I was probably on board with uh with doing it. Cliff, where were you
0: at on Marcus Mariota circa 2015 to the Philadelphia Eagles? I, if I'm guessing, I would say you were a big Mariota guy. You were all about it.
1: Yeah, I gotta check my tweets, man. I really, I gotta look. I'm sure <laughs> there's some tweet history yeah. of me talking about uh-huh. Mariota. I might have been all for it, but I really hated Chip Kelly like his whole time here. <laughs> no, nah, because because he got rid, he got rid. Of, like I grew up on Shady and D right? And yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: April 30th, 2015, cl- yeah. at to Bull Cliff. Can't <laughs> wait till Marcus Mariota is an Eagle tonight. <laughs> 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 Nothing. Ba- uh, same, same night, same night. Nothing matters if the Eagles don't get Mariota. That team will be in no way a contender for a Super Bowl.
1: I mean, was I wrong, though? They weren't <laughs> a contender for a Super Bowl, right? I'm not sure. <laughs> you weren't wrong with that part of it. I'm end not I end sure Mariota like would a have been difference maker. Was that like Nick Foles' year? What was it?
0: That was 2015, so they had taken Nick Foles' season previous or two drafts previous excuse me 2013
1: okay was that now who who actually started that year though was that a, that was nick Foles's like starting year like the one year where he like had the good year and then fell off or whatever
0: 2015 eagles i feel like that was the year that that um that yeah full started
1: playing for them and then they went to the playoffs right with demarco murray and everything
2: my <laughs> um, mar my Mariota tweet with the most engagement was from april 30th 2015 Goodell completely butchers Mariota's name in one of the biggest moments of his life. Well done. I stand by that. Yeah. Goodell, learn the yeah. frick how to pronounce the frickin' guy's name. He's a yeah. top <laughs> pick in the NFL draft. It's literally the least you could do as NFL commissioner is to learn how to pronounce that guy's name. You clown. Sorry, getting fired up about that again.
0: Uh, it was it, it was twenty fifteen. So the Eagles went seven and nine. They were tenth in the NFC. So they did not uh, they did not make the playoffs at that time. This was Chip got fired, Pat Shermer.
1: Okay, uh, yeah, in, yeah, the, yeah. the interim. Which, yeah.
0: fun fact about Chip Kelly getting fired, I was at this, at the time, this was whatever it was, like early twenty uh, early 2016, I was speaking to a good friend of mine about how I was gonna try to ask out this girl <laughs> that now subsequently is my wife. <laughs> and while I was having that very serious conversation with, with, with this friend of mine, the Chip Kelly is fired push notification came to my phone and all I want to do is get on my phone and look at it and like, like engage with it, whatever. But like, I, I was I want to be respectful of the person I was talking to. I just remember sitting in that chair. I can you the exact chair I was sitting. In, I know where I was just like like a bundle of energy. Like I need to get out of this conversation <laughs> so I can engage with Chip Kelly being fired. But anyway, um, so 2015, yes, it was the DeMarco Murray year. And then passing wise, it was Bradford for 14 games and then Mark Sanchez for the other two.
1: Oh, man, that was an awful disaster. Yes. See, yeah, we definitely could have used Mariota that year, at least. Right, Joe?
2: Sorry, well, which year was it? The uh,
0: 2015. So 14 games of Bradford, two games yeah, of Yeah, I
2: went to guys. Seattle that year. Yeah, so I didn't cover them that year. But, yeah, that was the end of the uh, chip era. Sorry, I was just you, – you sent me down this rabbit hole. I'm looking at all my tweets from 2015 during draft season – Uh, you know, it's it's like um March twenty-fifth. Impression I got today. Quite possible Eagles looked seriously into Mariota, realized they had no shot, and moved on. Maybe Tennessee wants him at two. I don't know. I must have done some good reporting. That's I don't remember (laughs) where I got that from or why I said that, but that was my um impression there. And then just yeah, continuing to go down this more. Like I must have written 50 posts. On Marcus Mariota, Ron Jawor, here's one. I was doing an aggregation post. post. Jaws, I've heard it from a couple people. Chip Kelly said Mariota will win multiple Super Bowls in the NFL. Oh,
0: my gosh. If the elbow hadn't gotten hurt, he would have won in that 2018 season, man. All right? That's sliding doors moment.
2: Oh, and then then I had a joke here uh, in April that got some good engagement. Tebow move, move makes perfect sense. Use them as trade bait to get the number one pick in Mariota. Probably don't even have to include anything else, which people uh, got the joke there. And uh and Good enjoyed one, that one. that's so a banger. Yes, that's a banger. Thank you. I was tweeting <laughs> away, I was writing away. All right, here I was looking for waiting for this to uh to load. So I had to make an official prediction about what the Eagles were going to do. And I don't know. This looks very long. I don't even know what I'm saying they did. All right. I think I said they're gonna get him.
0: Well, there you go. There's there's the yeah, Mariota 2015 Yeah, I, I said, when
2: all yes. is said and done, I don't see the Titans taking Mariota. And because I'm feeling bold, I'll go ahead and make the prediction. It might end up being some kind of insane overpay. But ultimately, I think Kelly winds up pulling the trigger and getting his guy. So I predicted two opposite things uh, so that one of them would be right. Young journalist, that's a nice trick. Shut that down. Yeah, definitely want to do that one. All right, that was a fun rabbit hole. Mariota is fine. I will say this, my last note on Mariota... Like we view him as a runner. When I, when like Jalen hurts, runs the ball. You're like, okay, yep. He's got this. When Mariota runs the ball, I feel nervous every time he runs the ball that he's going to fumble. He's going to get hurt. He, he'll take some unnecessary big hits. So, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, I, again, I'm not a huge fan of his, but I think it's a fine move. All right. Eagle sign greedy Williams. Give me 10 seconds on whether you think this is okay or not.
0: I haven't watched greedy Williams play <laughs> in quite a bit. And greedy Williams has been hurt. <laughs> uh, I, and I told myself, I was like, I'm gonna get some Greedy Williams po- uh, uh, film done before the pod. And then I no, uh, watched bad TV idea. last night. Bad use of your time. Um, he's a highly drafted player. He's got quality athleticism. He's got a bad injury history. He's a, uh, he's a flyer at corner the way the Eagles yeah. always take flyers at corners. And when he, there's a 10% chance he hits and there's a 90% chance he doesn't. Other than that, nothing notable.
2: I think that's it. Turns 26 in December. Started 21 games in four seasons for the Browns. I tend to think when a guy has great traits and it like it doesn't work out, that it's probably not going to work. You know, like there's a a reason why it's not working out. So whether it's durability or quality of play, he probably projects as like your cornerback four, but you hope to draft over him uh, or find somebody who's better than him. If he surprises you, great. But I can't imagine they're committing much to Grady Williams. And then the last note I have on here, Darius Slay gets the pay bump, gets the extension. Benny Souls was right. I was wrong oh, no. on our last podcast. I mean, I thought that, no, they're not giving anything in. They're not giving in at all to Darius Slay. Uh, I was wrong. The reports are. Uh, that he gets $23 million guaranteed, whereas previously he had a $17 million salary for 2023, uh, and that was it. So you're giving him $6 million more in guaranteed money for the optionality of keeping him in 2024 and 2025. Darius Slade turns 33 in January. I'm not sure why I want the option of keeping him when he's going to be that old for the 2024 season. I looked this up, Ben. Zero cornerbacks last year were starters at age 33 or older. If we, yeah. to, if we go to age 32, it was one, Patrick Peterson. Slays 32 this year. It's going to be 33 next year. Why am I – I don't know if this is just a hey – let's you know do a favor to Rosenhaus or or what this is again this is one where let's see what howie roseman says next week but it seems like they gave in again this is why i was so adamant i didn't think they were going to give anything up in that negotiation but uh they did give darius Slay more guaranteed money to be a cornerback for them uh in 2023 and the option to keep him mm-hmm. beyond that
0: yeah the uh the the thing with Slay getting older is this. I would have told you in the 2021 season that Slay's legs were going and that he was going to be bad. And then they kind of went-ish and they didn't fully go. And he also did a great job adjusting to it. And now he's playing quite well. So I'm curious. Like I, like, I Far be it from me to bet on a 33-year-old corner, 33-year-old any position – really hanging in there. Slay's already got me once where I was like, "Oh, it's coming. Like this is not good. He's old and this is bad and he's falling off." Yeah. He looks he looks just fine, really. He's he's he definitely does not have the foot speed he used to, but he knows how to use his length better and like he knows he's better in zone. He's got better eyes. Like he knows how to kind of cut the corners that you need to as you get older. So I trust him there a little bit. Uh and then yeah, so I I I'm the, the main thing is this we don't have official contract structure out yet. And until right. we have official contract structure out, I, we, I can't say functionally how long the deal is. But Slay did the exact, the Eagles did the right thing when they signed Slay to the first extension, which was to basically say, all right, let's give ourselves a trap door in 2023 so that as he gets older and he's worth a lot of, he's, we're paying a lot of money, we can move on from him or we can restructure him and we don't have to worry. You know, obviously we're not going to sign him longer than that. And then Darius Slay did the right thing which was to then be really good, and then look at that final year and go, no, 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 this was here because you thought I was going to be bad, and I'm actually good, so you got to fix this now. And then the Eagles did the right thing to say, we'll go see how much money you can make somewhere else. And then both guys did the right thing to stay in Philadelphia. So this is how how the dance goes, right? Like, we we can say as much as we want, all right, don't pay a a 33-year-old corner. You know, don't commit money to the future. But the reality is that Darius Slay was the corner one for one of the league's best passing defenses that went to the Super Bowl. He earned it, and 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 a part of doing business is 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 making the locker room feel like like guys like that are going to be protected. And you look at like the performance the Eagles got out of Brandon Graham this past season; they they do a good job of, of getting production out of thirty plus year old guys. Like you know, they have history of these guys doing well and being leaders in the locker room. So I understand why they did it. I think it makes sense to give him guaranteed money to secure him for this year and, and probably into next year. I'll just be really interested to see where the money is and what that means for flexibility with Slay moving forward.
2: Yeah. I think this will be among the most, uh, interesting topics when Howie Roseman talks next week, when we get more details on what happened, was there another team actually involved and they had to, uh, had to mm-hmm. go this route if they wanted to keep him. Was there, was, is there more to the story? Cause, uh, I don't yeah. know, maybe it's for me growing up on the, you know, the, the Andy Reid Joe Banner Eagles. They're not like making moves like this. They're, all right he's 32 mm-hmm. we know the history of cornerbacks at this age we're not giving in at all here and we'll figure it out with another player that's not what they did here uh with Darius Slay so we'll see yeah. what Howie says about that all right anything else how do I, uh, you feel going forward yeah. here safety linebacker something else on your mind well,
0: let me cut in real quick because while we've been talking Jim Trotter was on NFL Network and he, I love y- Jim giving- Trotter Giving some context to C.J. Gardner Johnson's departure from departure from Philadelphia, he did a got a forty eight second clip up on his Twitter, uh, and he he's reading it out, and he says he reports that the Eagles offer Transit Gardner Johnson a three year deal worth twenty four million total, with seven backloaded worth seventeen million in the final year. He reports that, which is exactly what the agent tweeted. So I'm presuming hmm. he's getting that from the agent. Okay. And like you said, that's a very odd structure. If it were really twenty four worth twenty four right. total and $17 million of that was in year three, only $7 million in the first two years. To me, that's I'd be shocked if the Eagles offered a contract that actually is that. I think that that probably is part of the information. I don't think that's the full information because you just don't see deals structured like that. But he then goes on to say, and this is important, uh, the Eagles were given the opportunity, he says, to match the one-year $8 million contract offer from Detroit and passed.
2: Oh, that's, a, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting now, information.
0: assuming he got piece one from the agent, which I would wager because the agent tweeted the exact same thing, then I'm guessing he got piece two from the agent as well. And that I think can have some gray area to it. Just given my read on this guy and his, his his experience of negotiating with the Eagles on Johnson Garner Johnson's behalf, whatever. Like there's, there's a lot of uh, to me uncertainty there, but we talked a lot about how, okay, well then eventually, you know, you go take this deal with Detroit and your bridge is burned with the Eagles and whatever. But Trotter who like, like you said, loves Jim Trotter, like Trotter's yeah. good stuff. Uh, Trotter reporting that, uh, the Eagles could have matched it and passed. To me, this is an interesting layer there. So I wanted to just update that off of what we've been talking about. That dropped as we were recording.
2: That's really interesting. If if that were the case, then it is a matter of, did the Eagles think, all right, we can afford this, but man, he's, you know... and, And I hate to, like, keep painting like, you know, we don't have like concrete stuff about how Gardner Johnson has been an issue other than he's been an instigator, uh, on the field, but then you just, but sometimes you read the market and it's like last year, the saints were getting rid of him and they all they could get was a fifth and a sixth round pick for a 25-year-old defensive back who had played really well. This yeah. year, he gets a chance to test the entire open market, and the best he does is one year up to $8 million. So again, we, might, we don't have all the information, but there are indicators that there's something there that, uh, you know, that teams are uh, conservative or hesitant to pay him big money. So maybe it, it was a situation where the Eagles said that's going to be a problem if we pay him on that one-year uh, deal that the Lions are offering him because he's not going to be a happy camper and it might be more trouble than it's worth. So we'll see if we get some more uh, information on that. I love when Trotter goes at Goodell in those press conferences. For, Trotter's just a nice oh, guy yeah. generally. I've always enjoyed my interactions with him, but I when he does that, I'm like God, God, I need to be more like this guy. He's fantastic. Trotter
0: Trotter asks Goodell a question of the Super Bowl and then the next day opens a doc on his computer that's super bowl question 2024 and then spends the next 364 days oh, crafting that I son love of it. a gun and he he's editing revising him, yeah. word choice and he pops yeah. out bang trotter's yes. a man
2: I have always enjoyed a jim trotter all right i think the, any anything else on your mind so safety and linebacker right are the two areas we're looking at where you're probably adding a veteran at some point between now and the draft i would say because you yeah, lost two starting say. linebackers. You got Nicoby Dean, if you trust him. And then you, at safety, as we mentioned, you got Blankenship and Kayvon Wallace, and that's it. Yeah,
0: Linebacker can sustain multiple guys, and safety can sustain multiple guys. You yeah. can dudes. When did Marquis Blair get on the Eagles? I didn't see that. But anyway, uh, you can sustain multiple guys on, on, at safety and at linebacker. The other spot that I would say I wouldn't be surprised if they look around for a veteran guy to just play, to, to have on the building is at guard. Guard, where yeah. just, you know, you know, there's a ton of interior offensive linemen right now who are just available. Really good guys to like just like, you know, kind of regular vets or whatever, but there's just their dime a dozen, And so you can bring on a guy in. Though I wonder, like you do have to wonder how much interest they have in just one year deals altogether. Like they're not just signing Chauncey to a one year deal. Again, we don't know what the sleigh contract looks like, but they might just be 2023 20, with the guys that they expect to carry through fifty three man cuts and with their draft picks. They might just be at a point where they're like, okay. We don't got any room in 2023. We got to be signing guys to multi-year deals. Um, A big part of the Eagles' accounting that they're still dealing with right now is whether or not they end up actually making two first-round picks. Because if they make a pick at 10, that guy costs a lot of money in year one. Not like a lot of money, but like a decent amount of money. They have to, you know, start to think about August and September and and how all that accounting is going to work. Eagles trade back out of 10 and pick at 20. You got a couple more million dollars to work with uh, in 2023 just from that trade alone. So that's the sort of thing that you you also have to be cognizant of just as you're planning out your your money for the next few months.
2: Also, by the way, we haven't really talked about it much since the end of the season. Do they want to be first on Jalen Hurts? Is that the next order of business? is to, hey, we got we like most of our roster. Let's start doing this before uh, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and potentially Lamar, Lamar. Jackson do something. Let's be first uh, to the market there. So that's the other thing yeah. to kind of keep an eye on where really if I woke up any day to the news that Jalen Hurts had signed a mega deal, uh, that would not shock me because I do think they probably would like to be first there before those other guys sign. All right, that'll wrap it up. We'll see what else the Eagles do this week. If they do something else, Uh Ben and I... We'll be back. I'm sure there will be a Sixer show this week. I'm going to figure out the Thursday show. I was thinking of maybe doing a big Phillies preview. I mean, they start the season uh, next week. So we'll see what happens with the Eagles, uh, whether we want to go that route or whether we're going to do something else. All right. Thank you to Ace producer Cliff Augustine. Thank you to Ben Solak. Thank you to those of you who continue to rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe on Spotify, wherever you're listening to podcasts. One million. Oh yeah, we have what? Cliff gave us the news that we have passed one million downloads. Cliff, what's the what's the word we
1: use? One we million officially passed a million downloads. Thanks to the great people of Philadelphia, the great Eagles fans, great Citrus fans, the great great Phillies fans. Hopefully, the Flyers fans one day. Right, show.
2: Yeah, we'll see what day that is. I'll be calling Charlie <laughs> O'Connor, my friend from the Athletic, if we ever have to call talk about flyers. Yeah, so you can just some tell me fans, what's going on. Ju- yeah. just
1: fans of the city, man. Shout out to everybody that's that showed love and support. And uh a million is crazy, man, in the, in the short time we've been doing this. And uh, we can only,
2: we can just go up from here pretty much. There you go. I love it. Thanks to everybody uh, who is listening. Thank you to Cliff, really, for spearheading uh, the whole thing. I mean, he's the one we should be thanking for one million. He's producing every single freaking episode here. All right. Appreciate you, Cliff. Thank you. Thank you to Ben. Thank you to Cliff. Thank you to the listeners. We will be back soon on the Ringers Philly Special.